I want to go back to the point that you made about, um, you know, m- you know, drawing the connection between other humans by admitting your vulnerabilities, by admitting your, you know, the fact that you have flaws. And I think that's actually what connects us as humans is our shared suffering, our shared struggle, our shared imperfections. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Three Words, a bite-sized podcast about the small and yet very significant choices each of us can make in order to become the very best version of ourselves. My name is Dr. Michael Brown, and as you know, I am the host of Three Words podcast, and today I am so honored to have with me for the second time here in our studio, my dear friend, Martha Chandran Dickerson. And Martha is a mother a wife, um, two sons, thought leader, brilliant writer, um, a moderator for Be The Bridge, an activist and an advocate for social justice, a teacher and a mentor to me and our family. And it's just an honor to have you here today, Martha, to talk about, quite honestly, a very interesting three-word phrase, which is... Make a mess. Make a mess. Now, I'm a father of nine children. You have two of your own, but we have 11 children between the two of us. We probably wouldn't say to our children on a regular basis, why don't you go make a mess? And yet there's something about mess making that is really, really intriguing to you. Start our conversation, please. Yes. Thank you for allowing me to speak about this. Um, It's really a topic that's dear to my heart because it's a part of my life. You know, mess making is part of my life and the lives of many people, I think. And we don't talk about it enough and we should. Uh, we live in this really performance based, you know, perfectionist obsessed society, you know, where we're constantly editing ourselves, you know, like social media, for example, mm-hmm. we have this, and I'm going to use air quotes, curated imperfection, even imperfection is curated, which is, I find really interesting. Um, even the family photos, you know, everything is posed and it's, you know, but we don't go around, you know, with our families looking like we do in our family pictures. For sure. And I always love the, um, looking back at pictures, you know, photo shoots, the ones that I actually bring evoke the most nostalgia and, um, warmest of memories are the ones that are like, the, you know, the messy pictures, you know, the ones where the one kid is not wanting to be in the picture or the one kid is looking at the other kid and what is he doing? You know, I, those are the kind of, you know, um, messy moments like captured in a photograph that I feel creates that memory that you're like, oh, I remember that time when they were that little and that was an actual moment that was them being themselves. Similar, similarly, um, you know, like we look at, um, you know, social media, like I said, the curated perfection, even Instagram, you know, the Instagram is like, they have color schemes and, you know, (laughs) color schemes and themes that you're apparently supposed to adhere to. Um, My Mm. Instagram is not like that. It's like a hodgepodge of different things, (laughs) but you know, I, it is nice to look at the, you know, Instagram, the aesthetically, like it'll be kind of muted tones or, Uh you know, but I think in our lives, we need to um, embrace mess and make space for mess making. Um, not to say that we should be like bull in China shop, you know, like kind of pig in style where we're just making MS because we want to, and we're just creating chaos and, you know, just being cavalier about it. But we need to, in addition to having some sort of order and structure and, um, 
you know, in our pursuit of excellence, make room for mess making um, because it is such an inherent part of, you know, the creative process. And it's important to distinguish between um, perfectionism Mm. and pursuing order and excellence because perfectionism is like this. It demands flawlessness instantly, immediately. I must be perfect now, you yeah. know, whereas pursuing excellence and striving for, you know, order and, you know, um, is is something that requires time. You know, it requires pain. It's a process. It's ongoing. Mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. And it allows space for mistakes. It, you know, trial and error. Scientists, you know, they have to, you know, even with the vaccine, you know, they had to do trial and error in order yes. to figure out what is the, per, you know, what is the concoction that's going to work? What is the vial? You know, what is it? It, it requires mistakes. And so we have to embrace messes yeah. in order to, you know, live more richer, fuller lives in order to be more successful. Well, and I hear you, and you said it so beautifully, Martha, this notion that life really is a series of trials and errors, mm-hmm. and that we're not going to be, nor ever will we be, perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting, perfectionism, I think, is paralyzing. Mm-hmm. And we even talk about it in the life coaching world is that perfectionism is a poison that we often drink. Mm-hmm. unintentionally, but it just makes us sick and it's, mm-hmm. it, it just makes us ill. And it, it actually is the counterproductive to becoming the very best version of ourselves. I, I'm excited about the topic too. I love how you talk about messes because as a life coach and as a mentor, I'm drawn mm-hmm. to messiness. In fact, I was just having a conversation with a group just recently where I just said out loud, you know mm-hmm. what? You're a mess mm-hmm. and I'm a mess. Mm-hmm. You have issues. I have issues. Let's just have an honest conversation. People chuckled in the room because there was a sense of like this, but it was almost like this like freedom chuckle. Like, oh, wow. We all just acknowledged what we all know to be true, which is the fact that we're imperfect and that our lives at times can be a little messy. Now, obviously, I'm talking about the reality of messiness. Mm -hmm. You're talking about this notion of actually engaging in the process of making messes. I'm curious what that looks like for you, Martha, because- what does making messes, actually initiating that process, look mm-hmm. like for you? Yeah, again, another good question. And I want to go back to the point that you made about, um, you know, m- you know, drawing the connection between other humans mm-hmm. by admitting your vulnerabilities, by admitting your, you know, the fact that you have flaws. And I think that's actually what connects us as humans is mm-hmm. our shared suffering, our shared struggle, our shared imperfections our shared messes. messes. And so I yeah. think stories, you know, we need to engage in, you know, the stories of our messes mm-hmm. because then when we say, okay, I've messed up and I've made a mess and here's what I've learned, then it gives permission to other people who are struggling with perfectionism, you know, as we, I, I know for myself, I've struggled mm-hmm. with it and I'm sure many people have, you know, it gives us p- people that are struggling with it permission to be like, okay, messes and mistakes are par for the course are par for the human experience. And so for me, like I can think of, you know, it's um, inherent to the creative process, as I said, making messes. Um, And so my younger son, Jaden, who's 11, um, he is our more creative one in our family. And he's, you know, extremely messy. Um, You know, he (laughs) loves food and he's a foodie and he loves, you know, he's always on TikTok looking for recipes and he makes just a, really um 
destroys our kitchen. You know, like it's like pots and pans and utensils. Like, I don't know what's going on half the time. And, you know, he's making things that I've never heard of. And, you know, we've just kind of let, that's just, that's part of who he is. And mess making is part of his creativity. And even with his art, you know, he likes to sketch, you know, kind of strange things that I don't also understand, but he um, has spread his entire artistic self in our family room on our table. Like it's just filled with sketchbooks and his work and paint and just, Mm. it's just completely all over the mess, all over the place. And it's a mess. And, you know, that is, you know, again, part of how he, you know, you know, finds fulfillment. Um, and then it also like for in my experience as a as a writer and as an edu- as a tutor, as an educator, um, you know, writing is is in its very nature, a very messy, messy process. Sure. And this is something I've had to like um, really work on with my students, you know, and, and, you know, you are an educator, too. And you've probably had to have these discussions with your students and even with your children. Um, but. There's, you know, we, like I said, we live in such a f- achievement obsessed society mm-hmm. and students are living in that system. Um, so they want to um, do due do diligence and have this perfectly polished essay that they can submit to their professor in order to achieve that perfect grade that they really want. You know, so they're doing their best to fit in the system. Um, and so I have to come in as a tutor and kind of guide them and say, look, you know, how about we look at writing not just as a product, you know, this product, which is this paper or this grade that Uh you want. Look at it as a process, you know, Mm -hmm. like how about you look at it as a journey, this journey of becoming a more confident writer and more introspective person, a more critical thinker, you know, think of it as a process. Because if you have that big picture attitude towards your writing, you're going to become a better writer. And then the, you know, byproduct of that is the strong essays is the stronger grades, but fixate on the process versus just like, you know, looking for those, you know, um, the immediate, you know, gratifications because that's, you're shortchanging yourself. Mm -hmm. And um, another example that I, um, you know, actually, so that example I give about writing is also reminds me of a quote by Anne Lamott. I don't know if you've heard of her, but she's, she's very well respected in the writing community and and says a lot of things about writing being this messy thing. And I will, um, I want to share a quote, um, but I will say that I had to replace an expletive that she used with a euphemism, okay. with a euphemism crappy. So when you hear it, you'll know, you probably will sense what the original okay. word was. But I think it really drives home this idea of messiness and writing being this um, nonlinear process that, mm-hmm. it, you know, you can start with, a, you know, you might even want to give in an essay and it's, and it's completely not good at all and so what you have to do is now you have to revamp the whole thing Hmm. revamp the whole thing start from scratch you know and start all over so it's not even this linear process it's kind of some recursive sometimes you have to go backwards and circle you know circle back and and um and so i like what she said she said for me and for most of the other writers i know writing is not rapturous in fact the only way i can get anything written at all is to write really really crappy first drafts <laughs> and i think you know which word she meant by crappy um but it also reminds me you know her what she um 
what she says about writing uh, brings to mind Barack Obama, who, you know, we can disagree or agree with him politically, but I think all of us can concur that when it comes to, um, you know, speaking, you know, he is definitely a gifted and skilled orator. Oh my goodness. Um, And so I uh, thought it was really interesting that um, I saw this photograph. I think his, his photographer took a, a photograph of one of his speeches and um, not his speeches, sorry, his notes in preparation for his speech. Uh-huh. And um, it was completely marked up with all kinds of like scribbly, like, you know, annotations. Uh-huh. And, you know, so it had the text and it had all his annotations in there. And I was just wondering how did he you know, I couldn't decipher what was on it. It just looked really messy. You know, I'm like, how did you deliver this rousing, eloquent, articulate, you know, speech from looking at this mess? Mm. But he did, you know. And messiness was something that he embraced. What I'm taking away from this is that my horrible handwriting that my mm-hmm. kids always make fun of is a mm-hmm. sign of presidential greatness. Yes, go for <laughs> no, it. I'm just teasing. But I just think this is so great because I'm thinking of all these parallels as well. You're talking about the creative process and avoiding perfectionism. And I love this notion of the first draft or the mm-hmm. second draft because in many ways, the life, even as a life coach, that what you're living right now is a draft. It's mm-hmm. it's not the final product. It's, it's a first draft, a second draft, maybe a 10th draft. And that's oh. Okay. Your messiness is okay. Your process is okay. The journey, we hear this all the time, right? It's a little Mm -hmm. trite, but the journey is as exciting and as formative as the destination Mm -hmm. itself. And, And I think it's really cool that we get to talk about the metamorphosis of human experience, the metamorphosis of creative imaginings. And and I think about that because I'm even looking over, we're socially distanced, of course, during Mm -hmm. COVID-19, this pandemic, but you're wearing a butterfly. I'm wearing (laughs) a butterfly. Butterflies actually have a a ring and earrings and a necklace. Okay. So I see the butterfly ring, but I, I, you know, that's what I'm thinking about this idea of metamorphosis. And and I'm curious what, why so many butterflies today? I am obsessed with butterflies. I love butterflies and not for the conventional reason that most people love butterflies. You know, there are these magnificent winged creatures that mm-hmm. just make our world so much more vibrant, you know, by just being, by existing. Um, now for me, my love of butterflies, um, you know, began with just the idea of how they become mm-hmm. butterflies. And, you know, again, Jaden is my walking en- encyclopedia and he shared with me, you know, something that I wasn't aware of in terms of the, what the metamorphosis, you know, involved and he said that caterpillars in order to become butterflies have to literally digest themselves yeah gross (laughs) disintegrate themselves entirely so they break themselves down and Mm -hmm. uh, into this amorphous amalgamated gooey mess Mm -hmm. you know this like nebulous nasty gooey you know and they become like it's just a mess and, and, but yet out of this mess emerges this magnificent winged creature that makes our world more vibrant and makes it the beautiful place that it is because of all the color that butterflies bring into the world. Um, but it's that metamorphosis that always kind of like just has always resonated with me. Um, and has been an encouragement for me. I've actually mm-hmm. given butterflies 
as gifts, like in various forms to like friends who have kind of gone through, you know, situations that kind of remind them of yeah. that experience. Um, because um, it is pretty incredible that um, out of the mess that they nature intentionally makes, you know, mm -hmm. um, this magnificence arises. And I think for me, I think a butterfly is, and there's a lot of other examples in nature that we can look at, but in this today, we're talking about butterflies. Um, it's a very important metaphor for this subject because the caterpillar is willing to, to, to dissolve itself and to sit in its own mess mm. and to be in its own mess and to embrace its mess and to make space for all this mess because it has to like spread itself yes. out. And so we can do the same thing if we want to get to that place where we're richer, fuller, um, better versions of ourselves, then we need to embrace that and make that part of our mantra and our way of living and, and being. Wow. As always, Martha, my mentor, my teacher, <laughs> to remind me that I need to make space for mess, that I need to not only make space for mess, but to sit in our mess. I have one quote that oh, I want to add, if possible. Of course. And it's Toni Morrison. Like I told you, I love Toni Morrison because yeah. um, she's just, she's able to understand the human spirit so well. And, you know, her definition of beauty is, you know, is not, you know, beauty was never one in the bluest eye. She wrote beauty is not something that is that we behold. It's not something to be held with that we perceive with our eyes, um, but it's something it to be done. You know, beauty is something that we can do. So if beauty is, beauty is an action, then it's 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 it requires us to roll up our sleeves and be messy yeah. and um, to just to just do 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 things and then in doing so be beautiful wow thank you dear friends who are listening today viewers listeners uh, we've heard from martha some very inspiring and truthful insights into creative processes as well as into life itself that messiness is a prerequisite for metamorphosis which leads to magnificence so that's my encouragement for you today. If you tuned into this particular podcast, that you would be willing to get your hands dirty, that you would be willing to engage in the messy process of growth and e evolving and maturity and beauty, even as Martha has described, in becoming the best versions of ourself, that not only do we need to avoid the messiness of our lives, but I would encourage you today to think about what is a mess that I can make even this week? Is there a mess that you've been avoiding that you can actually initiate in the days ahead? And what are those things in your life that you've been feeling, I don't know, sad about or uh, challenged by that are beautiful messes in the works to helping you become the best version of yourself? Lean into that, engage with that, and be willing at Martha's encouragement to make a mess.